Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey, this is Kristen, and you are listening to yet another episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, brought to you by Cheetos, Blood, and Hugo Boss. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we're watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time. I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And this week we are talking about season one, episode seven, Angel. Angel. Oh, what a title. It says it all. The first, the first um, episode that is named after a character on the show. Accurate. I read that in the trivia section of IMDb. Nice. <laughs> uh, stay tuned at the end of this episode and every episode for the all new, all original recap song we'll be writing about this very dramatic episode. Yes. Oh, what an episode. Uh, this episode was written by David Greenwald. David Greenwald. <laughs> Cited. You love David Greenwald? Yeah. <laughs> A classic. And uh, directed by Scott Brazil. And it originally aired on April 14th, 1997. I wonder what I was doing on April 14th, 1997. So, okay, so I was a junior in high school. Okay, okay. And in April, that's like prom season, isn't it? Mm, sure. Someone, as someone who's never gone to a prom, right. I really can't help well, you. Well, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out because I went to my junior prom with a girl. So, like, Ooh. I don't know. That's, yeah. a, that's a milestone. I have a picture of that. For those of you listening, I'll post the picture of me and the girl I went to prom with. <laughs> I've posted it on the internet before, but I'll post it on Buffering so that wow. you can get a load of what I was doing just around the time that this episode aired. Get a load of it, she says. <laughs> Great. Anyway, um, this episode, for those of you who are like, gee, I wonder what the episode named Angel is about. Well, this is the episode where we learn that Angel is a fucking vampire. <laughs> I asked Jenny what the summary should be, and that's what she said it should be. I mean, so. I can't really... Yeah, can you sum it up better than I, that? I took it literally. Um, okay, so we watched this episode twice, because that is what we're going to try to do for all the episodes moving forward. Um, it just is better for us. We get our head around things better. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this time we watched once on Netflix and once on the DVD. And the difference is very apparent it's astounding if you are watching i don't are we gonna get like sued for no <laughs> it's just like if you're watching on netflix you need to stop immediately um if you have another if option you, if you have another option hulu apparently is showing what we see on or at least closer to what we see on the dvd series mm -hmm. But the lighting, the sound, the, the, I mean, everything is so drastically different. But one thing that was on Netflix that was not on your DVD, Jenny. Was the previously on. Was previously on. And so I feel like you know you're going to get a good episode when you get a previously on. I mean, I guess you just get them forever now. But this episode, they were like, well, we have to let them know everything that's happened with Angel to this point. <laughs> which is like six seconds worth of scenes. Yeah. Um, to set us up for... Angel. What a great episode. I'm so excited to talk about it. So many great things happening. Everybody's just like really slamming it out of the park um, yeah. performance-wise. I can use sports analogies now because, <laughs> because I was in Chicago when the Cubs won the game that sent them to the World Series. So I am now a Cubs fan. Sports expert, Jenny yeah, Owen Sports Youngs. expert. <laughs> Athletics correspondent Jennifer Youngs. Uh, <laughs> so we get, um, I mean, we get a couple of things before we roll into the credits here. One, uh, one of my favorite 
moments bef- pre-credits in this mm-hmm. episode is the beautiful cross-hatched lighting uh, angel reveal. Ooh, right? angel under the stairwell. It's like Angel is standing near blinds so many times in this episode. Yes, he's always lit cross-hatchedly for yeah, sure. Yeah. And he looks great. He looks super great. Jenny paused it very dramatically, <laughs> just unintentionally, so, so we could eat our sweet potatoes for dinner. Uh, yes, and we got the beautiful lighting on on Angel's face. But we also um, we also learn we also find out about the three in this. Right, right. Before we're in the bronze, we we are down in the master's lair, and he's all like, eh, "I'm gonna do this stuff," and then he's like talking through his plan with Darla, and it's like everything. Every line that Darla delivers in this whole episode, that Julie Benz delivers in this whole episode, she's it, there's just this like really like interesting. I don't know. It's almost like a sexual energy. You know, there's just like this like enthusiasm that's yeah. like one step beyond anybody's enth- and might, maybe that's the bloodlust. Yeah, talking. I'm, I mean, she does eventually get into a schoolgirl outfit, so I don't think <laughs> eventually, she, pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> But her like enthusiasm, her bare enthusiasm is is so fun. Yeah, she loves killing. She loves killing. She loves when other people are going to kill. She loves yeah. when like heavy hitters are getting involved. Absolutely, S- some more sports talk. She for really you. loved getting assigned the role of killing. Not to, I'm jumping ahead now, but like mm-hmm. her assignment of here, Darla, you kill the three. Yeah, yeah, that was she was, was delight for her. Just so excited. Um, but okay, what did I? Where did I? Oh, I screen. This is a screen cap. I have to look it up. Oh, here. Is this it? Yeah. So um, the three is a biblical reference, right? So I don't know how to pronounce this, but it says, I, what did you say? Jaborum? I don't know. You, that's how Jenny guess. pronounces it. <laughs> but it's from the book of Samuel. Also, it, this says, also known as David's mighty warriors. The three is the name of a group of the greatest warriors of their time. Um, so I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Um I've been reading more and more about Joss Whedon because it's happening. I'm sliding <laughs> down the slippery slope that is hosting a Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh-huh. podcast. Um, but one of the things that I that I read recently was just about his um, respect of his audience, that he does not ever, like, dumb things down for mm-hmm. his audience, um, that he, you know, expects – not expects you to know, but, like – adds in a lot of references to things assuming that you will know um and of course you can you can enjoy the series if you don't get all the references but there are so many like little nuggets yeah, in yeah. every episode of a really awesome stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyhow then xander dances wait, <laughs> wait uh, still before the bronze after they discuss the three we see the three for the first time just for a very quick moment yeah and we see three really beefy, scary, muscular, tattooed dudes. And then immediately we see walking up the sidewalk three other scarier, <laughs> yeah. bigger, more vamp- vampirous. Vam- vamp- vampirous. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of them's missing an eye. It's a whole thing. And they and the guys who I think we're meant to understand are like sort of neo-Nazis or something. Yeah, they're Bikers. like skinhead they're intense. Kind of vibe. They yeah. scatter like cockroaches. Oh, wow, Jenny. Which leads us. Did you just accidentally do that beautiful transition? I sure did. And that takes us to the bronze where they're having a pre-fumigation party, which is an annual event where you can catch a cockroach because there are just cockroaches free range all over your business. That's fine. What is going on? And why is everybody so chill about the cockroaches? Because it's such a tradition every year. There's like a person that picks one up and is like laughing with it. As a person who lived in New York City for 15 years, let me tell you what. I would still not pick a cockroach up by its leg. (laughs) No thing. Nobody picks a cockroach. Yeah, that is the whimsical delight of someone who's only lived in Southern California (laughs) where cockroaches are just like, uh, you know... um, a once in a while, like locust proposition, they're like uh, every, yes. once every seven. Yeah, seven yeah, years yeah. But it's not the kind of thing you live in fear of, in constant just, fear of, in Southern California. I just was amazed at how chill they all were about the cockroaches. Yeah, no. Willow gross. smashes one with her foot, holds her shoe up to Xander's face, and says, "You want to get a drink?" Like, yeah, what? No, a free drink. Absolutely for a cockroach. not. Can I tell you a story about uh, cockroaches and drinks? 
Please. Sorry. It's just so when I moved to New York, um, I was only I'd only been living there for like a couple of months, which is noted by the fact that I was going to get dinner at Jekyll and Hyde's. Nope. Sorry. Um, if you don't know, Jekyll and Hyde's is like a very like touristy, you know, haunted restaurant where you can go get food <laughs> and I went to Jekyll and Hyde's and I ordered also note the year 2000 when I was drinking Diet Coke mm. um, I ordered a Diet Coke and I um, drank my Diet Coke and upon drinking my Diet Coke when the brown liquid disappeared revealing a clear glass that I could see through there was a cockroach no in my drink and I was only 19 so it didn't occur it didn't <sighs> occur to me that it was bizarre that the restaurant was like oh so sorry about that we'll take that off your bill Ugh. they took just the diet coke we'll take that dollar 50 off your bill ma'am yes they just took the diet coke off my bill and I was like thank you like what no <laughs> what nope no anyway Absolutely not. Anyhow. Okay, so now we can talk about Xander's dancing. Now we can talk about Xander's dancing. I keep talking about wanting to make gifts and not doing it, um, mostly because I don't know how. I mean, I do, but it takes me a very long time. But <laughs> if, if, if anyone out there could please make a gif of Xander's dance at the bronze. Ooh. Oh, it's so fantastic. He it's is, really good. He's really, he's cutting a rug for sure. Yeah, like, he's that's getting where it. The, that's where the phrase came from, I yeah. think, is from this. With like shears. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then yes, we Jenny, see what? Cordelia. We see uh, Cordelia for the first time in what feels like forever. We Yes, a whole episode went by without our beloved Cordelia. And she pops up just to slide a little dagger in between Xander's, Xander's ribs. Xander's ribs, yep. And, and uh, oh, and then he says... Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was going to skip it. I was going to skip it because... Oh, because there's so much with Xander, right? We've been talking about Xander so much in these few, first few episodes. And right, right, right. He, uh, he, he has he some says an uncool thing. He says an uncool thing. Um, but I, yeah, no, I, and you don't have to skip it. I was just personally like, I didn't write a note down because I was like, you know what, Xander? I'm going to give you a pass on this episode. I'm just going to let you. Yeah, he's pretty... I, th I feel like he's pretty mild in this episode. He is pretty mild. He, he you know, we've gotten some feedback from you all um, mm. about Xander, and some of you have been, you know, some of you have been like, well, he's he's a teenage boy, and he has a crush, and he can't, and he doesn't, like, understand what to do. I mean. Right, right, right. So on some counts of that reasoning, I say, no, no, I will continue to be upset about some of the things Xander has done. But on some counts, I do say... Touche. Like, we can give Xander a little bit of space here. Right, in right. In some moments. It's a spectrum. Yes. He's not, um, you know, exemplifying things that we really hate 100% of the time. <laughs> right? What a compliment, I Jenny. Mean, well, the thing is, like, I feel like some people um, who've reached out to us maybe have, have taken it personally. And, like, I can certainly sympathize with embarrassing behavior or behavior that I wouldn't be, you know, the most proud of right. under the influence of, like, a staggering crush. Right. Like, I think we can all understand that. But what we, what I think you and I are trying to discuss is the fact that just because, say, in 1997, the standard for the way that behavior was portrayed in mass media was troubling, mm -hmm. um, you know, just because it was everywhere doesn't mean that it's not troubling. And just because somebody's lashing out because they are hurting and they don't know how to deal with it doesn't mean we can't say there's a lot of a particular type mm -hmm. of uh, language that's going on here that doesn't feel good, doesn't feel right in the context of looking back from 2016 from right. this year, right? right? Right. Did I miss anything? Oh, thank you. I'm snapping for Jenny. So <laughs> so well delivered. Gosh, thanks. I did want to point out too that all of the feedback that we've gotten in a positive light has been from uh, men. <laughs> <laughs> all the people who have said, "But Xander, no, not one, not one, uh, not one female has written us to say stop ragging on Xander." Right. Right. Sorry, well, I just wanted to say that because I think it's funny and because I wanted uh, a perfect moment in which to say the patriarchy. The patriarchy. 
but we really but we really do hear what what you're saying and and I Absolutely. think I think it's really fascinating. I mean, we'll see what's possible and and who we can pull together and if this even happens, but I, I we've talked a little bit <laughs> about like getting getting a few people in on this and for a Xander feelings atrium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was a very special like, let's episode talk about of it. Vampire Slayer. Let's talk about it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because I want to stress again like that we're not Obviously, there are men in this show who are doing a great job. Like Giles? And Angel? Yeah, Angel. Even the master hasn't been a misogynist. (laughs) (laughs) And he's a vampire. He doesn't even have a soul. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's true. He really has a lot of respect for Darla. Um, Seriously, a ton. Okay, anyway, okay, okay, okay. We've really, we've really gone off here, but, but for I think for good cause. There's a lot of a lot of chatter about this stuff. So, um, and and we appreciate the people who have written to us. Uh, oh yeah, to uh, outline their their positions and and uh, bring things to our light that maybe we weren't aware of. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for writing. Yeah, keep writing. You can always write us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail dot com. <laughs> So so we get to the we right before the credits right we hear we see angel in the mm. lighting in the angel lighting I'll call it angel lighting from from now on always yes, standing please. always standing by a mini blind right 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 and um, buffy leaves and mm-hmm. then runs into the three they get her by the arms and then we cut to the credits right we come back from the credits and somebody shows up angel mm. angel shows up and they're fighting this is like Good dogs don't bite. <laughs> and he's got like his fighting underbite going on and it's really great. It's a really great fight scene. There there are actually like a couple of amazing fight moves in this episode. Um You like that double kick. Oh my god, <laughs> Buffy's like scissor kick. She like throws both of her legs up in a split, kicking both of the people on either side of her, both like two members of the three. Pretty impressive. Pretty amazing. And then and then she says, run. Which I think is pretty, indicative of something. Yeah, I mean, has she run from? Uh, has she run yet from anyone? Like, I, it's very not. It's very unbuffy. Well, I think you've got to take into consideration too. She thinks that she's fighting three very strong vampires with a guy, like a guy, just a, a human dude. Right. She doesn't right? understand that she has like equal equal strength. Right, 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 right. So she's, I think, protecting him as much as mm-hmm. self preserving. Right, right. So they run, right? And they run directly into Buffy's house. Um, And this is a big moment. A big moment. Yeah, go ahead, Jenny. Well, I mean, there's a couple things. She looked at me like, you stop it right now. I've got something to say. (laughs) No! (laughs) I'm just so excited because there are a couple things that I want to talk about. Because obviously you've now watched the episode, so you know Angels of Vampire. Plus you heard us say it a minute ago. (laughs) But... It's very convenient that that Buffy happens to just be saying, come, come on, get inside, get inside, right? Yes. Just as they're running in. And then I want to point out to you that one of the three's hand comes inside the house. And that is non-continuous with things with the way that house entry and vampires is treated later in the in the series. I'm interested to see if there's like a development, if we see another hand going in a door like this again or not, because it's like a force field later in later yeah. episodes. And from what I from what I've read too about this episode, they really singled this out as a as a misstep. Gotcha. Uh, like as an accidental this should not happen. And and I think what I read is that like this this doesn't ever happen again. You like they can't get body parts in a house. Where they haven't been invited, right? So this is just a a mistake. <laughs> body, what a weird way to say it. <laughs> Strategy. Um, but we learn. I mean, this episode is huge because we're like putting together a lot of also the like vampire mythology that exists in in the land of Buffy. Yeah, right? yeah. So we now we get this this first bit. They cannot come in unless invited. Right. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, we get, I don't know, should we talk a little bit about some of those bits or should we wait till we get to them chronologically? Let's go chronologically okay. if that's okay, cool. Okay, okay, okay. Great. Because next chronologically, Angel is naked. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> shirt oh my God. But Right before she tells him to take his shirt off, <laughs> I just want to mention this. Um, just after they get that hand out of the door, yeah. you see this, like, beautiful thing, this beautiful shot of the three through the beveled glass, yeah. which is, like, really nice. And then later that's, like, mirrored. Uh, you see, I think, Joyce through the beveled glass in that whole, like, Darla 
and Joyce exchange oh. later on, and th- that I just thought that was like such a nice detail that they like brought back again later. I wanted nice. to point it out. Yeah, I did notice it with the three, mm-hmm. the the way that they're like doubled in the um in the cut of the glass. I didn't want to. I did not want to distract you from Angel's shirt being off. Oh, Angel's shirt is off. My note, my literal note in all caps is "Naked Angel Hubba Hubba." Oh my god, what was yours? Well, uh, first I wrote "Shirtless Angel Nice Tattoo" in all caps. Uh-huh. And then Joyce shows up, and my follow-up comment was, Joyce is into it. (laughs) God, what a babe. (laughs) Oh, Angel is just so dreamy. Like, Joyce wants to be mad that there's, like, some older boy in the house, but she clearly is, like, buffy. Yeah, there's a moment when she's, she's, like, about to go up the stairs. She's done her mom bit of, like, I'm going to bed, buffy, right? And she (laughs) looks at buffy, and she, like, purses her lips in this particularly amazing way. Uh I love Joyce. Uh, Joyce is just... um, Yeah, she's so great. God, she's great. Um, But, yeah, so she's, like... She's like, okay, glad glad Buffy is dating this super hot hunk, but you're a teenager and he has to leave now. Right, right. And then, now, here's the deal. <laughs> Buffy, like, opens the door and says to no one, like, see you later, we'll study, bye. And then, <laughs> and then closes the door and then four sets of feet go up the stairs into her room. They close the door. And, my and then they continue to have a conversation. Full volume. That's not how it works in your parents' house. Right? I mean, that was my question is, like, in my house, first of all, in my house, like, my mother would have stood on the steps until the person left the house. Yeah. And if I had ever tried to get anyone into my room, I mean, it just wasn't, it was not possible. I I wasn't even able, I know this is not true for you, but I was not able to sneak out of my home. Hey, whoosh, <laughs> me sneak out? Never. Uh, I know from from your stories that you you have snuck out of your your house. I don't know what Jenny yeah, admitted. I snuck out. I snuck out a bunch. I was a bad kid. I was a good kid living a bad life. <laughs> but I couldn't do. I couldn't have done that if I. Well, I was on the second floor too, which yeah, yeah. made it a little more difficult because I would have to like get downstairs and. But there, there was just no way. I was not sneaking out. You were sneaking out, but neither of us was having Angel talk at full volume in our rooms without anyone noticing. No. Like, what is Joyce doing? I imagine Joyce, like, with her headphones in in a bubble bath, so maybe Totally. It's, it's, and candles. Yeah. For sure. Um, also, just, like, to say one more time, this scene, um, the scenes in Buffy's bedroom, Netflix versus DVD, so dramatically different with the lighting. Yeah, a lot of the nighttime stuff. Yeah. Really noticeable. Um, so, um, oh, God. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, so Buffy sleeps in an underwire bra? Oh, I would sleep in my bra. Yeah, if I would I had if Angel guest. was there, totally. Right? But also, like, so, so uncomfortable to yeah. think about going back to that life. But, like, yeah, I would have been right there. Yeah. I mean, what is she gonna do? Take her bra off? Angel's there and she wants to, like, you, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it, Buffy. I'm with you. Plus, Angel has just said how pretty she looks, even when she's going to bed. Uh Uh Anyway, um, so I think one of the next moments here is we pan, the the night has ended, or, you know, we we fade out on the the scene of them falling asleep. We find out, we do find out that Angel has not, um, no one has been around to hear if Angel snores or not. In, in a long in time. In a long time. Because remember, calling back to, I think it was the second episode, Angel doesn't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Poor sad, dark Angel. Um, but then we go to the high school and this... The, oh, did I miss oh, wait, something? Sorry, I just wanted to yeah. say two things before we leave Buffy's bedroom. First yeah. of all, she's sleeping on that doily pillow. Your favorite pillow. It is so extreme. We it is it. the lumpiest pillowcase I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Go back and check it out. And second, the the theme, the musical theme that plays as they're like going to sleep. Oh. It's like uh you should go back and listen to it. It's very beautiful, haunting. It kind of sounds like uh an 80s horror movie sort of like gentle moment mm-hmm. song uh, theme i don't even recall it it's, i have to go back and watch it's just this sort of like arpeggiated kind of minory thing and it sounds like spooky but i also when it came back a second time later in the episode i was like oh is this the the love theme because they have like themes for 
the different like oh. couplings that happen. Right, right, whatever. right. Um, and and I'm I really should have checked it out before we started talking about it, but I think it's worth even just going back to to take a listen because it's very beautiful. I just wanted to point. I'm I'm really just all about the small moments of beauty in this. Yeah, episode. you're like the beveled glass, <laughs> the love song playing softly. I'm at sorry. The... <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn. If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX, there's so many ways to watch movies these days, your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets, you will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all you can watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. <laughs> uh, okay, so after Jenny's favorite love song... <laughs> <laughs> then <laughs> let me get to my favorite sign in high school, which is library closed for filing. Like, what? Oh, my God. You guys. Oh, my God. They've closed the library for filing. Also, is do I no- mean, just thank God they finally fucking did something to keep people out of the library while Buffy is, like, beating Training, the crap out of Giles. Right. I mean, personally, I would have loved if they had just kept with the theme of no one ever goes into the library. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but but I do really appreciate this sign. And we find out. They've been listening to the podcast. We <laughs> we find out what's last last week or two weeks ago when we were doing episode six, we were like, what what's the deal with this library cage? Yeah, what's locked up in there? Well, um, uh, among a, other things, among other things, some serious weaponry. Yeah, some quarter staffs, quarter staves, quarter staves, and and crossbow, crossbows, pads. Um. So right. So you know, we we train. Buffy Knox, poor Giles. Poor Giles. Like, couldn't they have like a person whose job it is to be like a little younger and more fit? Oh, Giles is fit. I mean, he is remarkably, but I just like every time Giles gets hit, even when it's by Buffy, <laughs> like in a training session, I'm like, oh, God, his oh, body. Giles. Like, he's a librarian. He's from the UK. He's fragile. He's, mm. He drinks out of a green mug someday. Oof. I can't wait till we get to the green mug. That's going to be the a only good spoiler time that we've lives. ever had on this podcast. Oh, my God, is Giles' green we mug? Let you know that there's a green mug. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I that's all I had for this bit because the next the next big thing that I have is back with Angel again. Right, back up in Buffy's room. Oh my god, what did you do today? I did some reading and I thought about a lot of things. <laughs> and then she immediately assumes that he was reading her diary. She loses. Oh my god, her mind. Huck can mean a lot of things. <laughs> is my favorite. 
punk and, and she says and yeah. some of them bad some of them bad like some of them very bad <laughs> and and then she the thing that i the thing that i loved was when she's like and i know I, when i know what i said your eyes were penetrating but what i meant to say was they bulgy. were bulgy <laughs> Like Buffy, you're not. And A doesn't even stand for Angel. It stands for Ahmed, a yeah. charming foreign exchange student. <laughs> okay, uh, girl, it's a good okay. moment. It's a good moment. And I mean, Angel and Buffy have a million moments. I feel like where, like, obviously she knows she's not convincing him otherwise. Yeah, she's a very smart human. She she knows she's not, and he knows she's not. And they're like, it's like they're both in on this. Um, kind of like flirting by way of pretending they don't like each other, which, right. which has really been their vibe in, up until now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. As Angel is like, I'm not interested. Like, you know, I'm, I'm removed. I disappear all the time. I don't care. Yeah. And Buffy is like, no, I don't like him. What are you talking about? I would never like Gross. him. Except for, oh my God, I like him so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kiss. And then they kiss. Great work. Yeah. All in all. Great job. Yeah, this is really what an episode that, that fueled a lot of intense dreams for a lot of junior high and high school students yeah, around this time, Everybody I'm sure. wants to be, well, not everybody, but a lot of us want to be kissed like that. Yeah, it was good. It's a kiss. Great job. It's kind of like the, um, on the level of, well, maybe not, maybe not on this level, but the, the Ross and Rachel kiss, you know, that kiss. Uh, I gotta trust you on this one. So are you kidding me? Really? You I mean, I'm sure I've seen it. I just it's can't It's just remember. like one of, like, you've waited for it. The thing with the yeah, Ross yeah. and Rachel kisses, you've waited. For those of you who might not know what I'm Spoilers talking about. Spoilers for Friends. Spoilers Season for Season three? <laughs> I don't even know. But you've waited so long for that right. kiss. Um, and it's and it that, it's a really incredible television kiss. It's yeah, in the yeah. doorway, and they come back, the, whatever. Um, but this this gets me... This is one of those kisses. Yeah. Like if I had to rank television kisses, this is high. Imagine that was your, you had to. <laughs> Kristen, you're go, not go, allowed go. to. Yeah. You're not allowed to leave until you rank television kisses. Um, so, right. So Angel's a vampire. Holy crap. Like imagine having, but like seriously, like this, and you have this incredibly passionate moment. Mm-hmm. Your whole damn life is just revolves around vampires. You're finally like. I'm obviously in the mind of Buffy here. You're finally like, oh, my God, this guy. I'm kissing him. He's kissing me. This is wonderful. I'm escaping. For just one small moment, I am escaping from the constant uh, tormenting of approaching Armageddon. Uh Uh-huh. And then. And then. He morphs into a terrifying vampire. Uh Uh-huh. Makeup of which we have read in our Watcher's Guide took at least 90 minutes to put on yeah. his face. Uh, and then he runs. Oh, God. He just dives out of that window. He dives. He dives. And, like, that's – I mean, obviously, we've all seen the episode now, so we understand what's going on here. But in as you're first watching this, it's like, well, this is an interesting development. He's a vampire who's who's, like, not interested in hurting her. He's right. trying to get away from her. This is the first vampire we've seen do that. Yes. Um, so, okay. So, Angel's a vampire. Um, and that's actually uh, what we hear in the next scene from the mouth of Xander. Right, right, right. And he's the- like, he's a vampire. You're a slayer. You do the math. Yeah. And, God, Willow has so many great, like, very dry moments in this episode. Yeah, she really does. And some of them happen here. And then there's that vamp... Uh, uh, Xander says, you're in love with a vampire? Are you out of your mind? And Cordelia's like, what? Out of nowhere. Out of, but of uh, course, out of, of heaven. Course, she is not even listening to Xander. She is distressed because another girl has a dress that is identical to hers. Yes. And she says. Uh, and she sa- well, she says, this is, this is what happens with free trade. Right? <laughs> yeah, this is God, Cordelia. Free trade God, agreements. Cordelia. Look at her go. Look at your layers. Just look at them. So many layers. God, she's so upset about the knockoff dress. And and unlike pretty much, unlike, you know, Buffy in this episode, she's got history on lock here. She knows her government policy. Oh, yeah. She understands <laughs> why knockoff dresses can happen. <laughs> oh, it's great. Um, and I think actually, well, first, um, where we are talking about Cordelia, this is really Cordelia's big moment. And I want to um, talk about an article that actually um, we shared on Twitter 
uh, a bit ago. It was the New York Times. It was a New York Times cover story called Buffy is Sweet, 16 and Slaying Vampires. Uh, written. When was this? Uh, when was this episode? What did you say? April what? Ooh, it's uh, April 14th. So this uh, this article was April 27th, oh, 1997. Nice. So it's a couple it's, weeks it's, later. Yeah, just a couple weeks later. Um, and it's it's a really brilliant um, article. It's 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 less a review and more. I mean, I guess it's kind of a review, but it's it's more just an article about the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's this there's a lot of amazing <laughs> quotes in here, but one of them is um, Joss Whedon talking about Buffy and Buffy's. Um, you know, uh, depth of character and then Cordelia um, and how she's sort of like, you know, sneers at things and mm. rolls her eyes a bunch and blah, blah, blah. And he says, Buffy could have become just like Cordelia if she hadn't been the Slayer. She's an outsider and she gravitates toward outsiders in her new school, which mm. I just thought was such a cool, I don't know, like a dichotomy that is that exists in the show, but it was just like put very well in this <laughs> Surprisingly, Josh yeah. even put it well about his own characters. Um, but that, you know, Cordelia has the that Buffy has this depth to her because she's an outsider. Um, uh -huh. but we'll see we'll see Cordy and and more depth, I think, as the series goes forward. Yeah. But for now, but she's just uh talking about knockoff dresses. What's what's Who your... is that article by? Just oh. in case anybody wants to look it up because yeah, there yeah, were yeah. some really there were some great little zingers yeah. in there. I mean, I think if you I, I think all I did was googled um Buffy the Vampire Slayer New York Times and it was one of the first links to come up, but it's by Justine Elias, E L I A S. Um Buffy is sweet 16 and slaying vampires. Um Nice. But yeah, so Cordelia, I don't know if you know this, but we love you. We do. Cordelia, I love you, Cordelia. You're perfect, Cordelia. So then we see Angel's place for the first time. Yeah, I, where is it? Is it like, it's around. In my mind, it's in the bronze. Like in my mind, it's his apartment is in underneath the bronze or like next to the bronze. I, I think he's very close to the bronze. Okay. Um, I mean, the bronze from the outside too looks like kind of like stacked warehouse. Like it just seems like there's like a lot of, a lot of yeah. warehouse activity over there. Yeah. So he's in the warehouse district. <laughs> uh, so it looks like Angel has acquired or um, just dug out of storage another leather jacket that he can wear since Buffy has. His duster, right? Right. He's got this hip-length leather jacket. Yeah. And there he is. Just well, we know. I mean, we also know some some of the incredible facts we've gathered about this episode. Oh yeah. That that jacket. People. The duster, the long one, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People are losing their minds about his jacket. It cost a thousand dollars. It's in like every Wikipedia article, it's, IMDb fun facts. Everyone is like, just so you know, you can't even believe it. This it costs leather jacket, thousand dollars. Which I don't know. We were, we didn't do the the math on what a thousand dollars in nineteen ninety seven would be in twenty sixteen. But I just feel like nobody really cares if a costume piece costs a thousand or two thousand dollars. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. But I, I don't know. Different anyway. times, different priorities. So we're in Angel's place. Go ahead. And Darla shows up. She's there in a Catholic school uniform. In this oh. Preach. Yeah, I am okay. into. I, I mean. Yes, Jenny. Jenny, you like schoolgirl outfits? Is that what you'd like to tell the universe right now? I just like feel her vibe. <laughs> Do you want to tell them why you're into school? I mean, one of the many reasons that you like a schoolgirl outfit. There's so much to like about them. But I used to wear a school uniform uh, when I first started playing shows. That yeah. was like my fun thing oh this is a great that's a great thing for you to share on our twitter oh my god because i have a picture Facebook. of me at the a camp midwest gothic dance oh, oh i meant as a, a vampirous oh I'll, I'll post an old picture of like back in the day jenny schoolgirl uniform mm -hmm. and i'll post a picture from just last month when um i was a vampire catholic schoolgirl for the midwest gothic dance yes okay great yes. lots of social media so many yeah and so in case you're wondering where you can see pictures of me going to the prom around this time this aired <laughs> jenny and in, in her schoolgirl regalia um you can follow us at buffering cast on twitter or over on facebook at facebook.com slash buffering cast yes 
Yes. Okay. So, um, have we learned yet that that light? I mean, obviously, like in most vampire mythology, or if not all. Yes, we did see it in the one of the pilot episodes when they go looking for Jesse. Right. And... There's like a sewer cover. Yes. Right. 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 Yeah. So we we have that in in the mythology already. But here's a question. Yeah. Why does G- Angel have blinds that open? In his yeah, apartment. solid call. I mean, put something a little more permanent and less movable up there just in case. I mean, he probably just didn't change it. He probably just moved in. And, <laughs> and also, wait, I'm sorry. Did you just ask why does Angel have blinds? I think we established no. very clearly at the beginning of the episode that Angel's prime lighting <laughs> is through blinds. So uh, that's Great why point. Angel has blinds. My mistake. For, My du- mistake. for when it's dawn or dusk and he can get just a light smattering right, of right. striped light on his face. <laughs> Here's a question. What is the the thing that Darla says when she like opens up his fridge and like is mocking basically his, his uh, blood bags? Yeah. You're not exactly living off of quiche? Is that a saying? Is quiche no. like a bougie food that I'm like somehow unaware of this fact i i mean quiche is is i think uh i think it's like talked about like a bougie food which is hilarious because it's certainly not the amount of quiches that my mother made us with like store the like crusts that you you know right you know those round crusts that you they used to sell do they still sell those they must um yeah a quiche was actually a very affordable meal in our household but it is you know, like tiny quiches what are a weird thing. Fancy, but it was a very weird Darla yeah. moment. I'm curious to know who specifically came up with that line. Right, right. And so, right, Darla Darla in this moment is sort of like, good luck with Buffy. Right, right. Tell her about the curse. Yeah, tell her the about curse. it. See, see what she does. Yeah, our ears all perk up. What right. curse? Right, right, right. But we're not going to find out yet because we cut to the library and, oh, my God, they're talking about uh, Giles has been doing research on, on Angel and mm-hmm. uh, Xander is scandalized when he finds out that Buffy knows that Angel has a tattoo on his shoulder and yeah. w- amazing <laughs> Willow. Uh, hold on, because I just want to give a moment to Xander here <laughs> that you just you briefly mentioned. But like when because he's like, I'm not going to say anything when yeah, she yeah. said it. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I saw this tattoo. And Xander says something like, well, now I'm saying something. Yeah. And he gets he does this like if you have a second to go back and watch Xander's sassy head move, he's like, well, that's just it. Like, it's, it's really, I appreciate, this was a moment that I wrote down to give a little appreciation to Xander trying to keep it together, but just getting so sassy. He just can't stand yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And, oh, God. Now, go go to your willow. We had to pause so Johnny could write down the whole Oh, my God. Quote. Oh, my God. That must have been so embarrassing when you thought he'd read your diary, but then it turned out he hadn't, but then he felt the same way. Oh, God. <laughs> it's so good. It really it really is a great moment. This might be the best moment of Willow in the series up to this point, but then it is possibly trumped or at least equaled just a few short scenes from now, but we'll talk about what? that in When? Order. What are you talking about? Uh, when they're in the bronze and Xander's like, we have to distract them. And she's like, oh, Buffy, it wasn't Angel who your mom. It was Tyler. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. You're so right. many great moments for Willow. Oh, I forgot. I wrote that down and I forgot. Um, <laughs> okay, so, right. So this is, the, the next thing that I have is is back down with the master. Right, right. We're learning about the history. Yes. Angel's personal history through their through Giles and Co.'s research, but also through the master, the master and Darla talking about it. And their history. And like and we're learning that um a- like Angel, or as they refer to him, do they say An- Angelus? We learn that he is he's not he's not just any vampire. I mean, he's named for his angelic face. Nice. Which, hold on, because there's a, not to keep quoting this amazing 1997 article, but. Oh, God, it's um, so good. But she writes in that same paragraph where she's talking, where she quotes him talking about Cordelia and um, Buffy could have become just like Cordelia at the end of that paragraph she says another subplot involves Buffy's fascination with a mysterious young man named Angel who seems to have been expelled from the vampire clan for being too gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) so we learn that Angel Wright has been you know named for his angelic face but we we really gather from this that he is a vamp a very dangerous 
very like evil or at least has been um you know this like historical vampire within like the vampire's history right they know he's a known dude he's a very known dude he's a he's He's got a rep yes exactly um but i but what i noted about this scene um with the master in addition to like obviously finding out that these very important facts about um angel is they have this moment where um the master is talking about like how much he he you know misses angel and darla mm-hmm. has this plan that she's going to get um you know buffy to try to kill angel there thereby angel will kill buffy yes. um and the master is like so this is the only time maybe not but i think it would be the only time that i talk about the master in like an endearing way because we all know how i feel about this man <laughs> his mouth but um yeah his mouth is le- is less horrible in this episode mm. i think they i think they heard me yes. <laughs> but but he um he's so proud of darla like for working with them as a team and he and he turns to the anointed and says like you know this is how a family is supposed to function and i just thought it was really like it was just like this very nice moment because they don't have many moments where they display feelings for each other or at least right. they ha- they haven't had many up till this point mm-hmm. um and it and it was just kind of nice to see like oh there's like this appreciation happening because it's kind of all been like the master just like you don't do what he says he kills you and that's the end of it whereas in this episode he's really wanting to have darla by his side and to have to have angel back in their ranks um and there's like a lot of emotion there yes so that's what i had to say about that but yeah and then we're we're moving we're moving right along to where darla is now framing angel right darla shows up and bites joyce after after Joyce just so comfortably invites her in and says, I'm like, Joyce is like, what do you want? What do you want to eat? Something big or something small? And every answer that Darla gives is like, big. Like, like I'm like, what, Joyce, do you not? <laughs> Joyce, read the room. Right? But I, I really do like, I continue to love Darla's delivery throughout this episode. She's like chewing on every line. It's so great. Yeah, chewing on every line and then chewing on Joyce. And then chewing on Joyce. Um, I... I don't know, like, how did you feel about Angel's sort of, like, facial expressions once he was, like, holding Joyce and, like, smelling the blood and stuff? I I mean, I thought that I I was really into this. I thought, I mean, Angel, I think, has good moments in this episode where you see him trying to fight this beast. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, And and he does it. And what's incredible is he does it with his normal person face, but he does it through the prosthetics too yeah yeah which i think is pretty remarkable i mean yeah. jenny can't even say four words with her vampire teeth and let alone I sure convey can't. emotion um but yeah this this is really i mean obviously we know that he's struggling against this but this scene he he I, when we watched this for the first time my first viewing i was out loud saying no oh no stop <sighs> please no this is horrible i hate this show yeah <laughs> you were so upset i was so upset because then of course darla runs away angel has has turned into his vamp face and Buffy walks in. Shout out to Darla for this incredible yeah, timing. Timing is is really well. What's funny is that like I feel like there's kind of a side eye to the timing because because she's in the library when Buffy's like, well, in about a half an hour we'll wrap up, right. and Darla's like sets her like stopwatch and runs. Oh my god! Buffy's just very punctual with what she says, but um. Oh my god! And then we get that great cut back to. Uh, just Angel being thrown through the plate glass right. window. Spoiler: That is not the last time we're gonna see that plate glass window. Yeah, but, go up in shards. But hey, like this is like a big thing here because Buffy has just thrown him out the window. Like Buffy didn't go she didn't after, kill him. No, she didn't even try to kill him. She just threw him through the window and like and said, "You're not welcome here. You're not welcome here." He, I mean, he didn't try to kill Joyce, but in her mind. She's he has just tried to kill her mother. So yeah. feelings are running deeper than I think it, you know Buffy's even like able to admit to herself because it's not just it was one thing when she's justifying it because he hasn't hurt her, he hasn't tried to hurt her. How can she whatever? Yeah. In this moment, like this would be the moment when she goes after him and she doesn't. She does wind up, you know, saying she's going to go after him later, but her instinct is not to kill him. Right. Um 
So that's a big deal. So we go to the library. The library. We always go to the library. We go to the hospital. Yes. Where uh, Joyce is in recovery. And I just want to point out that when Darla comes over, Joyce is wearing lipstick. And it's like sort of like, um, it's like a medium. It's like a, you know, it's not like a pale. It's like a 90s shade of lipstick. Mm -hmm. It is Hello, I am present. Right. And then in the hospital where she's laying, she is completely lipstickless. Oh. So what I want to know, do they take your lipstick off when you go to the hospital? Is there some medical reason that that would be the case? Probably it was just an inconsistency. Okay, I'll accept that. Um, well, we let's see. We've got this this really interesting thing that I don't think we've seen before on the show where Buffy basically makes her declaration. She's like I'm gonna end this uh, Rambo, and we get scenes of her stringing a crossbow and doing target practice. Oh yeah, with that with a like, weird poster. Ad. And intercut with Darla taunting Angel and trying to like egg him on, and and basically we're like feeling we're we're having Angel's struggle sort of like. Uh, articulated for us by Darla, mm. by, like, this other party, which I thought was really interesting. And, like, the sort of, like, going back and forth between the dramatic yeah. crossbow prep. Right, right. And Darla basically being like, this is what you are. Like, be what you are. Right, right. But as we learn, he can't be what he is. No. Because of... The this curse that we that we learn about, right? That he tells. Yes. Um, I mean, is that, that's how we learn about it, right? He's telling Buffy, yes, um, that he was a horrible vampire. He he devoured millions of people mm-hmm. without aban or with abandon, and um, and then he fed on this young girl. He says about Buffy's age, mm-hmm. um, and she happened to be a very respected uh, member of. The Romanis, is that? I believe that's what what they're how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down on my now. I forget how they said it. Um, and so the leader of um, the Romanis set uh, puts a curse on him. Yeah, and what a curse indeed that he will stay as a vampire, but he will have a soul. And so we learn Ooh. in this moment that vampires don't have souls, right? I mean, right, so we they have, have no conscience basically right. about what they're doing. About what they're doing, which makes a lot of sense given mm-hmm. what we've already seen of vampires. But Angel has a soul. And um, he really he really like nails nails it in when he says you have no idea what it's like to have done the things that I've done mm-hmm. and to care. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That's yeah. a chilly line. It is. I just watched you get the chills saying. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have this this moment between Angel and Buffy, right, where he says, I wanted to kill you tonight. Mm-hmm. She has put her crossbow down on the ground. She walks directly up to him. She, like, tilts her head to the side and mm-hmm. says, go ahead. And this is, like... I feel like this is a huge underlying piece of their relationship of like mm-hmm. th- what happens here is she says, I'm going to trust you or like test you, I guess, is more the thing. Mm-hmm. But there is an element of trust here because she's put like she's put her weapon down and she is she knows at this point how strong he is. Yeah. And she is trusting him. She's curious in a way where she's saying, I think I know more about you than, like, I should even know at this point. But I feel... Maybe more than you know about you. Right. Maybe more than you know about you. Um, And then to transition us from that very meaningful moment, the next thing that happens, I also wrote the quote for, because then Darla busts in. And she says, do you know what the saddest thing in the world is? (sighs) And we get this great Buffy quip. Bad hair on top of that outfit? Yeah. Da-dun-dun. Always, even even in a moment when she's falling in love and about to die, perhaps. Um, yeah, we, so we get good. this great quip, uh, and, so and then we learn that Darla sired Angel. Oh my god! And then we learn that Darla and Angel have a history oh together. Oh my god! And then we learn that Darla has two guns. <laughs> <laughs> we do, and this should be. 
the head scratcher moment of the episode yeah. where it stops working. But for some reason, yeah, we go with it, right? Yeah, just I mean, maybe it's just because she's like so she's so committed to like everything in this whole episode that for some reason it feels. Right. Right. And you and you, of course, there would never be those guns would never hold that many rounds in them right. to Hello. be shooting. This is a silly thing, but it does give us the other move that I was talking about. There were two great fight moves. Uh, and this is a great fucking fight move where Buffy grabs Darla by the ankles. She's on the pool table. Buffy grabs her by the ankles, pulls her feet out from underneath her, and then pushes the pool table. And as the pool table is sliding backwards, Darla is just firing <laughs> both guns. So, so great. So, 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 so great. Um, so, yeah. And then this is also the moment we have with Willow, where uh, she, yes, which where you she... already <laughs> talked about, where we need a distraction. And yes. So Willow yes. decides, I know what to do. I'm just going to shout at the top of my lungs. Um, yeah, and then... Oh, my God. And then and then we get to, I think, another... Maybe one of our final pivotal moments uh, in this episode, which is that Angel kills Darla. I just got chills again. Whew. Which is huge. Like, this isn't just him killing a vampire. This is him killing the vampire who, who made who him. Who made him and shared his life for 100 years or whatever. Yeah. They've, they've, they've lived many lifetimes together... And, I mean, we've already heard Buffy sort of admit that she's falling in love with Angel, but it is blatantly clear that his feelings, I mean, they run deep enough for him to kill this person who has made him, despite <sighs> despite maybe she her Oof. being evil or whatever. They, they have a connection here. So yeah. this is a huge moment. Um, and, then, and then we see the master having his temper tantrum. Yes. It was a very enjoyable moment. Yes. And he's like, <laughs> Slamming everything. Um, oh my god! But whatever. Can we just skip the the, the master, master has a temper tantrum, and then we go to the bronze. Oh my god. Jenny, what happens at the bronze? Well, first of all, it's the post fumigation party. Yeah, where apparently the cockroaches are bigger. Yeah, they they've just bulked up. Right. Uh, uh, and Buffy's like, gosh, I just feel like Angel is still watching me for some reason. And, and Will's, Will's like, like Teddy is actually watching you right now. <laughs> so Buffy goes to talk to him and they have this like very beautiful close moment where they're like this can't happen yeah what Angel is like this can't ever be anything right 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 but then they kiss but then they kiss and it's like whatever I think it's like supposed to be they're trying to make it a good bye kiss but it doesn't really feel like a good bye kiss it sure does doesn't it? it sure doesn't and she's like what's up and he's like that was painful and then she walks away and you see that the cross necklace that he gave her mm -hmm. which she was wearing just like burned a little cross into his perfect hairless chest and if you're me you after you see this scene you turn to your right and you see your wife <laughs> clutching her chest like her right hand was literally to her heart and I was like Jenny do you see what you're doing right now? I like what I like. You really do. And I want to say here, not to get too um, not to get too personal, and I know we've been talking for quite a bit. This is a big episode, so a lot we to say. We had a lot to say, but um, I wrote down this can't ever be anything in quotes, and I and I quoted it to Angel slash Jenny. Uh, gotta go. Because it occurred to me that our relationship, minus the vampire elements, had a similar, <laughs> similar start. Where the amount of times that you said to me, this, this won't ever be anything. This can't ever be anything. This I, is not going to be something. Harumph. Harumph is right. And then just like Buffy and Angel. Oh my God, do you think they're going to get married in <laughs> seven years? Maybe. Yay. <laughs> and then they'll do a podcast about our life. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, that would be ideal. Wow. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, you did it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know this season, but I want to say that this is going to be one of the bigger episodes that like, we'll have, I mean, we just had so much to say. We learned oh, yeah. so much. And you know how we feel about Angel. So, seriously, yeah. what an episode. What an episode. Um, all right. All right. I think that about does it for us. Mm-hmm. 
I'm Jenny Owen-Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy with my wife, I'm usually writing songs and recording them. You can learn more about me and hear some of the songs that I've written that are not about Buffy over at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering. Aren't they all about Buffy in, in some way? <laughs> way deep down. Uh, you can also give me a shout on Twitter at Jenny Owen Youngs. I'm Kristen, and you can find me on Twitter. I am always getting deeper and deeper into the land of Buffy these days. So I usually say my personal chatter and feminist rants, but really I think I've just been posting gifts of Cordelia uh, <laughs> over and over again. And you can find me there at Kristen Nolene, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E. When I'm not podcasting, I work to bring advice, resources, and laughter to LGBTQ young people and their families over at everyoneisgay.com and mykidisgay.com. Buffering the Vampire Slayer is on Twitter at BufferingCast, and we're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BufferingCast. You can also email us at BufferingTheVampireSlayer at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing here, there are a couple of awesome ways that you can support us. One is by going over to iTunes and leaving us a review, letting other people know that you like it so that they can like it, and then we'll all like it. And it'll be a <laughs> great blast. Uh, or to, and or, two, you can go over to bufferingthevampireslayer.com, and you can click on the donate button. And several of you did that last week. We were so excited to see some donations start to come through. So you thank can Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for those of you donated um it's really awesome it helps us actually just this week jenny had to purchase a new microphone so, i did yeah so we offset some of that cost by your generosity thank you thank you very much and thanks for listening uh, uh, no you have to say till next time you're right say it till next time uh, uh, that was an extra long one yeah should do forget about you and walk away but I know that what I should do and what I want to are not the same Fighting it, 
fighting it so hard It's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.